Welcome to Locked On Panthers. On today's episode, we're going to be bringing in Jay Forster of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast to talk about Saturday night's 9-2 victory for the Florida Panthers over the Columbus Blue Jackets and the stretch that they've been on as the Florida Panthers now will be heading on a five-game road trip in Western Canada and Seattle. So thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day and enjoy my conversation with Jay Forster of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I don't really want to talk about the, uh, the game on Saturday, but I guess we have to, you know, and I thought rather than just having me yelling about what an embarrassing effort that was, we would uh, bring a friend on to talk about it from, from his point of view. So today we're going to be talking with uh, Armando Velez, friend of the show, uh, host of Locked on Panthers. Uh, congratulations on the, the win, I guess. Yeah, it's more of a congratulations to the players and more of a testament of what the Florida Panthers have done since coming out of the COVID pause now 8-0-1 in the last nine games um, averaging six goals in that stretch um, so the Columbus Blue Jackets aren't the only uh, victim to what the Florida Panthers have been uh, doing lately and it was a great night overall for the Florida Panthers and their AHL affiliate Charlotte Checkers as well as they scored eight goals uh, as well Panthers prospects, Sir Noel, got a hat trick against the Texas Stars. So on the NHL level and on the AHL level, all things are great uh, right now, at, le- at least for sure on Saturday night for both levels. But for the NHL level, for sure, it's been such a great run and it's been fun to cover. Yeah, I, I, I had a bad feeling going into this game because we ju- obviously we just uh, basically took Carolina Hurricanes lunch money. On Thursday, we beat them 6-0 after, you know, they fully embarrassed us the last time we played. And so it's like, man, we're going into this game. We are missing a couple of our better players. We're playing Bobrovsky, who has remembered how to be a goalie again. I have a bad feeling about this. And like three minutes into the game, I was like, yep, there it is. So, <laughs> but yeah, talk. A, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the the success of the Panthers and like, what do you think is the driving force behind this? Because I was tweeting about, I tweeted about this a little bit yesterday and I've been thinking about it. There was a lot of, of credit given to Joel Quenville for how good this team was. And since he obviously stepped down earlier this season, the Panthers haven't really, like there doesn't really seem to be a difference in, in their play. So can you kind of talk a little bit about how, was that a surprise? We expected them to drop off after Quenville left, or you know, can you talk a little bit about how how their style of play has kind of really led them to this unprecedented success? Mm. When Coach Quenville resigned uh, back in late October, the expectation was always the same, and the Zito effect is very real. I, I'm sure Columbus Blue Jackets fans feel uh, great we about miss him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that he feels great about, they feel great about themselves that they had a homegrown talent in the front office to take this job, who qualified for it, 
and has able to been able to structure contracts as far as term as well that the Florida Panthers, even after this season, well, next season is going to be a little bit difficult with the buyout of Tiano, but after that, they could still resign Jonathan Huberto and they could uh, definitely still create some flexibility for to replace other players who are going to be pending UFA, so they're not going to be cap-strapped uh, for sure. That's the number one thing as far as this team. It's a, It looks like a product that is going to have sustained success over and over again. And a lot of that has to do with contract structure that when, when that happens, like let's say two years from now, you need that missing piece. That's assuming the Florida Panthers don't win the cup uh, in the next like, year or two. But if, if you can find that missing piece, if there is one for this team, based on how everything is structured. But with that and Andrew Burnett coming in for Joe Quenville, he was in the coaching staff for two and a half years before taking over. And the mission was to always keep the same mission for the beginning of the season, a guy who's familiar with everything. and. And that and the Florida Panthers, they had a few losing streaks here and there. Before the COVID pause, they were they were struggling because of course they were missing some players. And even before they were missing some players, they had an embarrassing eight to two loss against the Ottawa Senators at home. Uh, one of three losses at home. Now they're 21 3 and 0 at home, which has been incredible for this team. Home ice advantage has been doing wonders for this Florida Panthers team. And it's it's just been fun that that's really that's really the best way i could say it's been fun the the team likes each other that's the great thing they and they just fit so well on the ice like the second line for the florida panthers could be a lot of top lines anywhere else that's the great thing about it with sam bennett jonathan huberto and anthony duclair like that could be a lot of teams top lines yeah, I was not surprised to see Anthony Duclair have a good game. He usually does against uh, his former teams. Um, so, so that's like I'm I'm super happy for him because I really wanted it to work out in Columbus. I like him a lot. I think he's a I, he's a great player. Didn't work out in in Columbus for you know various reasons, and so I am super happy to see him kind of find a home in in Florida where he's thriving. Um, I mentioned him briefly as well. Uh, let's talk about another former Blue Jacket who seems to have kind of found his found his way back because obviously this is is this perhaps his third year in florida third yep. yeah and kind of that first year he was brutal you know it was the, the the big contract he couldn't stop a beach ball and uh last year you know there was talk of chris Driga kind of taking over as the as the starter uh and you know florida having this 10 million dollar backup goalie and then this season he has kind of seemed to have refound that form that he had kind of when he was at his peak in Columbus, when he was, you know, at his, his Vesna winning best. And he's, I was shocked when, when I saw his, his stats, I knew he'd been playing well. I didn't think, I didn't know he'd been playing that well. So can you talk a little bit about how Bobrovsky's doing and how important that is to the overall uh, success of the team? I mean, I know the Florida Panthers score a lot of goals, but the difference between Bobrovsky this year and um, Spencer Knight being in has been such a big difference for uh, this team. Um, though Spencer Knight is back from COVID protocol, so that's a good thing, which is why Bobrovsky started the both 
games of the back-to-back against Dallas and Columbus. So even though he was he was on the bench for the Panthers, he just hadn't gotten into game speed um, in the last week. So Bobrovsky, he talked about it after the game, how he loves to play. He's a workout warrior. Columbus Blue Jacket fans know how much of a workout warrior he is. He's always in the training room. He just became a dad. So that had a lot of motivation, um, number one. And number two, the whole Spencer Knight getting the last two starts in the playoffs last year, that lit a fire in him. And now 19-3-3, goals against average, and he's been just incredible. He's just, I don't know if he'll win the Vesna. Um, that Jack Campbell has had a great year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Freddie Anderson as well, um, outside of that game against Columbus, had a pretty rough go. Uh, but he's uh, had a great season as well. I've mentioned many times Jacob Markstrom, former Florida Panthers prospect. He's had a great year. But you just need Bob to play around just under or about 250 goals against average kind of play. Uh, not, he, 921 save percentage, by the way, is his save percentage for the season, which is just incredible for, for Bobrovsky. And he's uh, there. The d- defense, the first season has, was a little rough. They had to turn it over quite a bit. Um, the Florida Panthers got a beautiful find of Mackenzie Weger, a seventh-round pick, spent his time in the ECHL as well with, in, with the Cincinnati Cyclones. When he was in the AHL, he had to go through diff, three different AHL affiliates in, of San Antonio, uh, Springfield as well. And I, I forget the other one. There's, uh, there's a third one. Um, but they, they've, had, they've had to change a bit. Mackenzie Wiegers had to change different affiliates during his time of uh, coming up in the system. And he talked about how, how he has always had a chip on his shoulder and how, and now him and Anton Lundell, they're two of the three of the top three players in the NHL in takeaways. The only one on that list that uh, leads them is Alex Petrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights. So you have a defenseman and a forward that's just been incredible defense in front of Bobrovsky as well. And like with Mackenzie Weger, four points tied for on Saturday. Most tied for most points in the game by a defenseman. The other one was Brian McCabe, uh, w- where he did it in the late 2000s, early 2010s, three times. And no defenseman has done that for the Panthers. And every single game, a defenseman has gotten a point, too, on the offensive side. And then they're helping def- um, Bobrovsky in front of him, too. Uh, but and, and it's just been great Gus Gus Forsling two-way game is, is incredible too uh, a, a guy who Bill Zito found on waivers last season he's he's been he's been incredible in front of Bobrovsky and Radko Gudis is one of the league leaders in hit so you have so you have players who lead in takeaways a forward and a defenseman one in hits another defenseman in your top four who two-way game is probably if if you're talking two-way game, you could argue that he's maybe the best on the, on the team in Forsling. You, you can make a good argument between him or Ekblad. You can make a great argument. And th- th- that's just really what's helping Bobrovsky. And, of course, Bobrovsky is doing the work himself. So it's, it's incredible to see what, what a difference uh, just year three makes. Of course, the cap hit is still tough. There's still four years left on it. There's no guarantee that Bobrovsky continues this kind of performance. But as of right now, Florida Panther fans are pretty satisfied with the play that they're getting out of him. 
It's the new year, that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which may be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. But like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and it's good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with a new limited time flavor, so check out Built.com to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I, I was watching the game last night for the most part. Uh, I will admit I stopped paying attention about 5 nothing in and was like, I'm going to read my book instead. But I kept the game on. But I, I was watching the Florida Panthers and they look legit. You know, sometimes I think about the, the, do you remember the, the Colorado Avalanche team from a few years back? They were, they were really, really good, but their underlying metrics were just terrible. And everyone was like, they're going to win the cup. And then they got into the first round and just got absolutely ruined. This does not look like that, the Florida Panthers. They look legit. You know, and I, at the risk of, of not jinxing anything, I'm, gonna, I'm not going not gonna to say anything in terms of, you know, playoff success or anything like that. But do you think there's anything that the Florida Panthers need to do to get even better? Like, what do you think, where do you think their, their weakness is right now? What do you think will change them into, like, a potential contender, into a legit Stanley Cup threat? It's crazy to think that with a team that scores so much in their forward depth with all four lines leading to the league and points percentage that, what is it that they need to fix? But if the, I had to point to one thing, it'd probably be maybe like the last uh, defensive pairing for the Panthers. Uh, there's always the mixes of Lucas Carlson, Olio Levy. Um, there have been times where Chase Prisky has come in, who's now uh, who was sent back down to the AHL and uh, scored today. Um, well, today as as in Sunday against the Texas Stars, I saw that he was uh, on the board for the Checkers. Uh, but just get, just try to get a uh, last um, a defenseman pairing that's like in the in the final group of that. Even though top four defensive pairing minutes are more emphasized there, uh, that's what that's what I'm more thinking. And I was just discussing this on a group chat uh, between me and the guys from Panther Parkway. And one player that we've thought of a little bit is uh, Sherat of the Montreal Canadiens. He's a cheap deal. 3.5 million last time I last time I checked. 
an expiring contract. So that that's the thing. I don't know if Zito wants to go after a person with long term that, but I think that he wants to go after somebody who will help for a little bit for the stretch run. I don't know what he's willing to give up. I, I don't, I don't know if he's on the level of Ken Holland where the Oilers are struggling and he talked about, we're not going to give up a first round pick for the future. There, there, here's the thing. The Florida Panthers don't have a first round pick nor second round pick next uh, draft. So where are they going to go with giving up assets in order to acquire a player? And that's one thing that I'm, that's a little bit of a mystery as far as when the trade deadline comes. So that's, that's really what, what it comes down to. What are you willing to give up? Is it going to be next year's draft or is it going to be the draft after? Because they've spread out a little bit. When they traded Anton Stroman to the Arizona Coyotes, they set their 2024 second round pick uh, as far as take our salary. Because, I mean, the Arizona Coyotes was, they were taking a lot of salary this offseason for the, the reasons of, uh, of course. just trying to hit the cap floor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. So it, that, that's really what, that's really what, how, how do you want to, it's more like if Bill Zito's asking himself, how do I want to spread out uh, giving up assets to bring in players to help me in the now? Yeah. And I think, honestly, that was, there was a lot talked about last tra- uh, trade deadline of, the the obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs paid a first paid paid us a first round pick for uh, Nick Foligno, which didn't work out. But the Tampa Bay Lightning gave us a first round pick for David Savard, who played on their third pairing, didn't play a lot, but just stabilized that bottom that bottom pairing. And it's kind of you know you look at that and you think, okay, if our biggest problem is who's playing on the the third line i remember a few years ago in chicago people were up in arms because they didn't have a good fourth line left wing and like if that's the worst problem on your team you know it's everything's kind of coming up florida at the minute um we don't have uh david savard to to give you for a first round pick but uh Mm. it'll be interesting to see who who's on the who's on the move for the for the trade deadline yeah and for the Florida Panthers, that that's questions they'll need to ask. And for for just this stretch of games, what they've been doing, I want to talk a little bit about it for my listeners. Uh, 16 goals in two consecutive days. That is second best ever in NHL history behind the 1990s Montreal Canadiens. So the, the run that they've been on, it, it's just... And number one has just been health for this, for this team. That's really what it's been it come down to. And I talked... I looked at a little bit of, of the press conferences after, and I not only looked after the Panthers' press conference, I saw about what happened where, where Zach Renski uh, talked uh, to the media about um, We Want 10, about it being a little embarrassing for the Blue Jackets. But again, when this season first started, a lot of people, including myself, thought that Columbus was as dead in the water as can be. Of course, they trade Seth Jones for multiple first-round picks. They trade back from, uh, they trade up, excuse me, from 31, 32 to 12 with that, from what I saw. Uh, they, but with this season for Columbus, from the outside perspective, I haven't heard much uh, stuff from Columbus. Uh, apparently, since sports has been gone, there's been less uh, public drama with this team. Brad Larson seems to, keep uh the, this team like out of the 
spotlight for the wrong reasons. Uh, so that's a good thing for Columbus. But I want, I want, I want to ask you what what do you think about this season? Have the Columbus Blue Jackets overachieved? Are they right where they are, or what do you what are your thoughts uh, on the, on this? Yeah, I mean the the Blue Jackets are playing with house money this season. That's that's what I've said all along. You know, when we started the season seven and three. I was like, this is great. You know, I think everyone was expecting us to be three and seven. I think Brad Larson has done an incredible job with a you know a subpar roster. I will say, you know, we don't. Patrick Line aside, and you know maybe Jacob Varacek, we don't really have legit forward stars. Uh, obviously, Zach Wierenski, uh got named to the All Star game. He's been really solid on the on the back end, uh, which I expected uh, because you know once you get him out from the shadow of Seth Jones, you realize actually this guy was drafted eighth overall. You know he's he's a legitimate number one defenseman. Um, you know, and obviously we we made out like a bandit with the with the Seth Jones trade. Uh, picked up Cole Sillinger in the in the the draft pick swap. Anna Boquist has been really good for us. Jake Bean has been quietly really solid for us, and we still have next year's first round pick from Chicago to play with as well. So the ideal would be for them to finish like third in the draft lottery. So because it's it's one and two protected. So uh, you know we are we are doing pretty well over there. But yeah, in terms of how how Columbus is doing this season. This is about where I expected them to be. Uh, I know a lot of people were like, oh, they're going to be at the bottom of the bottom of the standings. It's going to be brutal. And I, I, did, I thought they were going to be bad. I didn't think they were going to be as bad as a lot of people said. Um, I also didn't think they were going to be this good. They've kind of fallen off in the last kind of month or so. They've only got five wins in the last 15 games. Uh, but, you know, like I said, play, playing with, with house money, um, it's, I don't know, it's for the most part, it's been a fun season. You know, when you put six goals on a team like Carolina, that's fun. You know, and even for the most part, when we're losing games, they've been fun games to watch. You know, this weekend's game aside, because that was the least fun I've ever had watching a, watching a hockey game. And now I have infinitely more um, sympathy towards the Canadiens fans of a couple of seasons ago when we scored. 10 on Al Montoya. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always rough to give up that many goals. But, uh, yeah, just to kind of answer your question, I do think they're overachie- overachieving a little bit, but I also think people expected Philadelphia to be better than they are. You know, a lot of the stats models had Philadelphia up at the top of the division. Um, people expected the Devils to be better. No one expected the Islanders to be this brutal. Um, you know, so I think it's not necessarily that we're good. We're just kind of ach- we're, we're overachieving uh, some of the other teams in the Metro. Uh, I don't know if we make the playoffs, but I think, you know, as long as we manage to, t- if we can kind of get out of this next run of games, which again is just brutal. I think we're playing Philadelphia, which is, you know, in theory, you know, I'm just going to knock on wood, is a winnable game. But then after that, it's Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Carolina again, Florida again, all before the end of the Olympic break. So, you know, that's a, that's a tough run of games for a team that's struggling. So if we can kind of get through that, through the Olympic break, uh, get Voracek back, who's in COVID protocol, get um, Cole Sillinger back, who's in COVID protocol, uh, you know, it could be, we, we could be in the, in the hunt for a playoff spot right up until 
right up until the end, which is going to make the trade deadline interesting. But yeah, I don't, I don't see this team finishing at the bottom of the at the bottom of the standings right now. Mm. A lot of the national uh, pundits talk about how in the Eastern Conference specifically, a lot of people, myself included, think that what we see right now in the top eight is probably what we're going to get. Um, Boston with they have they have four games in hand on Detroit and they're six points ahead. So I don't know, even though Detroit's fun to watch, they've been on a little bit of a bad stretch lately where I have just looking at the box score alone, I've seen that they haven't put up a lot of shots there. Usually I see them less than 25 shots a game, but they're still a very fun team to watch. Very young. Steve Weisman's doing great things over there. Yeah. And I think and yeah. that's, that's the, the thing as well is Columbus has also got an incredibly young team you know, and a lot of our players haven't played a full 82 game. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we've got players playing in their first, I think we've had five or six players score their first NHL goals this season. Um, you know, we've got a lot of rookies, a lot of kids mm-hmm. that have not played a full 82 game NHL season before. Um, a lot of kids that this is their first professional, full professional year. Um it's a, it's a it's a it is a grind. Eighty two games is a lot of games to play, and I think probably what we're seeing with Detroit, what we're seeing with Columbus, is a little bit of that fatigue started to kick in, which is where you know where what thirty five games into the season, um, it would take, and yeah, you you start to get tired, you start to you know pick up those like niggling little injuries that are not bad enough to take time off, but also you know you wake up in the morning and your knee hurts. Um, you know things like that. So I think that's, you know, not I'm I'm not saying that the, like that's an excuse for why Columbus has been playing poorly. But I'm saying you know young teams get tired a lot more easily. And I'm just looking at the Blue Jackets' schedule. It looks like that if they're when they're to make up games during the Olympic break, that I'm counting six just by looking at the schedule right now, and. The, the fact that maybe you won't get any back-to-backs neither in that, in that makeup period in February and the fact that it could possibly be all spread out instead of taking a break could be actually very beneficial for these uh, young Columbus Blue Jackets, which, which um, it, it's crazy because uh, you make that trade for Patrick Lane um, last year, gets benched by John Tortorella after the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, situation. Now he's having a better season this year and it looks like that it's possibly could be a long-term fit for um, it's almost as if Tortorella was trying to get line a to be something that he wasn't I I have had multiple rants about this there was a lot of talk about um not to not to interrupt your, your question but there was a lot of mm-hmm. talk about Patrick line needs to become a 200 foot player we want to turn him into a power forward and I'm like why He's potentially one of the best pure goal scorers in this league. Like, let him do that. Uh, and he hasn't been scoring a ton this season. Obviously, he just missed a bunch of time. Uh, he had an oblique injury, and also his uh, father passed away unexpectedly. So he's missed some time uh, for that. But he's just under a point-per-game player. Uh, most of those have been assists. Um, but And people get a little bit twitchy when goal scorers aren't scoring. But, like, a lot of those have been primary assists on the power play. And, you know, for a power play that's struggling, I'm, I'm not going to complain about Patrick Laine getting, you know, being a point per game in if he's only getting assists. You know, yeah, it would be nice to have him scoring. But uh, Boone Jenner keeps stealing all of his power play goals by 
you know, them bouncing off him. So, you know, it, it could be it could be worse. I'm really happy with Patrick Laine's season so far. Thomas did get a power play goal. I, I think it was Boone Jenner. He did get a goal. I remember. He got a goal, yeah. He's leading the team right now. I don't know if it was a power play, but. Yeah, they did get. I'm, I'm just scrambling right now looking to see if it was Boone Jenner. But yeah, um, they, they, did get a, they did get a power play goal last night. And I want to talk a little bit about the Florida Panthers power play where the stretch that they're on. And I tweeted this on my personal account earlier today. And today, I mean Sunday. But the Florida Panthers in the stretch of nine games, league averages will say that they're middle of the pack in special teams, 15th on the on power play, 16th on the penalty kill. But in this stretch of games in the last nine, power play percentage, eight for 27, which is just under 30%. Penalty kill, 23 of 27, 85%. And I'm in the approach of what have you done for me lately (laughs) with this Florida Panthers team right now? And that was a lot of the talk around this team is they're scoring at even strength, but they're not scoring on the power play. Of course, Barkoff was out for a little bit as, as well. So that had a lot to do with it. And Sam Bennett was suspended once. Sam Reinhart on the COVID list as well. So that mixed up a little bit of things. Anthony Duclair was out for like a, a week or two, but never placed on IR. So that, that, mixed, that messed a few things up based on the power play. but. Number, number one thing, I, like I said earlier, health has been just a beauty for, for the Cats in, in, in their recent stretch. And it looks like that eventually those league uh, average numbers, if they continue this stretch, will eventually uh, even out for, for this uh, Florida Panthers team. And Jonathan Huberto, I got I to gotta continue. I got to get the rest of the locked on hosts to, to uh, help me out with uh, putting some more MVP praise on Jonathan Huberdeau because right now he's tied with Connor McDavid in points tied for second in the NHL. The only two that are leading him because, because we're um, the only two people who are leading him are Alexander Ovechkin, who just got a power play goal um, just now against the Vancouver Canucks. So, and Leon Dreisaitl. But then I look at power play points respectively Dreisaitl and McDavid have 22 power play goals, um, excuse me, power play points each, while Huberto has 15. So Huberto is doing more of the point production at even strength than the two superstars from Edmonton are. So Hart Hubie, hashtag Hart Hubie, there, there, need, there, there needs to be more of a praise for this guy because the, when Barkov was out, a lot of times in the past, a lot of people would crap on Hubie for uh, not stepping up when he needed to and not scoring goals. But now he's taken his game to another level and he has one year left on his deal after this year. So he's really looking for that big payday. Barkov got his payday. So now he's looking to make a big case to get a big contract. And of course, uh, an MVP type season is definitely helping. BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through college football season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, I didn't realize until I think I saw your tweet about it actually. About he, he was as of last night, I think he was leading the leading the league or second uh, in the league. I didn't realize he was having that kind of a season. I've always liked Huberdo. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, and yeah, the the argument for me is he's he's doing this not by himself, but Drysaddle and McDavid are kind of neck and neck in points. I don't know how you can call one of them the MVP over the other one because they're kind of a duo. Um, so yeah, for me, the the currently the MVP conversation comes down to Alex Ovechkin who at the age of 36 is leading the league in points because I don't know, they make him differently in Moscow. Uh, and Jonathan Huberto. Those are, those are the, the two guys that, you know, are really the difference makers, um, which is it's really cool to see. I love it when someone that completely unexpected just leads the scoring race all season. Jacob Varacek did it in like 2016, 2015 or 2016. And he just led the league in, in goals for like most of the season. It was wild. And so I love when that kind of stuff happens. Mm. Yeah. And it, I, I believe if, um, if Huberto and Ovi tie with points, but Ovi wins the, Ovi gets the rocket Richard, chances are he'll get the heart as well because people like goals. And that's probably where, where oh voters God. will go towards. And, and, and I acknowledge that too. But I also, I also acknowledge that McDavid and Dreisaitl also have played three less games than Huberto. And here's the thing. Thursday, this Thursday, the Florida Panthers, well, starting on Tuesday, they have a Western Canadian trip, a five-game Western Canadian trip, where the Florida Panthers have been just over 500 this season. And Thursday will be a matchup against Edmonton. That same matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers will feature four of the top four picks in the 2014 draft with Ekblad, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, and Bennett. All on the ice together. 2014. I forgot that you'd picked up both of the both of the, the Sams from, from that draft year. Mm-hmm. I guess you're going for Dreisaitl next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, that might be a little uh too much to give up to get a player of his caliber <laughs> maybe just a little maybe just a little it, it is funny i was looking there was a stat uh that I, I was thinking about around the time the the whichever sam was traded more recently um i want to say ryan bennett um with that trade like Alexander Barkov is the only second overall pick in the last like six seasons that hasn't been traded. Wow. Because obviously Eichel, Eichel got traded, Line got traded, uh, Bennett traded. Um, there's been more, but that Nolan Patrick traded. Mm. Like just a, just a really weird and wild stat that I enjoyed. That's nuts. And um, they got him under contract. That's the best part about. Um... Barkov, they just signed him right before uh, training camp started. So yes. they got that taken care of uh, for the Panthers. But this uh, 
the, the, and speaking of Barkov, um, Aaron Brown of the Hockey News uh, tweeted that she counts 14 multi-point efforts for the Florida Panthers in their last two games, um, where um, the Florida Panthers won 7-1 against the Stars and then 9-2 against Columbus. 14 multi-point games in the last two. Alexander Barkov is not one of those players. Yeah. Hockey is weird, man. There was a, a similar when we so the six nothing win over over Carolina, and I talked about this on uh, Friday's episode of, of uh, Lockdown Blue Jackets. I think every single Blue Jackets player was on the ice for one of the goals, except Zach Korensky. That's nuts. He was the only Blue Jacket player that did not that was not on the ice when a goal was scored. Just the hockey, man. Sometimes sometimes it, it gets weird. It's the ultimate team sport, which why why I like it so much, uh, because there isn't it's an inexact science when it comes to predicting hockey versus basketball. You give it to one player and they could take over a game. Hockey is just not like that with especially with time on ice as well. Yeah. Uh, where you're only playing the superstars are playing about a third of the game versus everything else. So it takes really a, a big uh team effort uh for for uh the for anyone playing this sport. Yeah. It's a weird one, but it's a it's a fun one. Mm, for sure. But Jay, this has been fun. Uh for, um doing another crossover with you. It was a little different uh this year because uh the Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers were in the same division last year and now the these two are back to their normal divisions. The Blue Jackets and I know it's weird. Division. I will say I am glad that we don't have to play you guys eight times after after seeing what happened, seeing what happened on Saturday night, but yeah, I was, I was talking to Jack Bushman of of Locked on Blackhawks about this. Actually, like it's it's weird not seeing the same teams like mm-hmm. a million times because you know, like this is the first time that the Panthers and the Blue Jackets have played, and we're you know halfway through January. Uh, we saw the Blackhawks for the first time last week. Like it's just uh, just weirdness in the in the schedule. Um, we don't face Pittsburgh until next week. Like the, the like the end of January is our first game against Pittsburgh. So we're in division. It's it's very strange. But yeah, this was this was this was fun. Tell my followers where they can find you and your show online. Uh yeah, so you can find Locked On Blue Jackets wherever you get uh Locked On Panthers. We're on Twitter over at L O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh if you would like some Star Wars opinions and some dog pictures mixed in with your hockey opinions, uh which I mean who doesn't, right? Uh, you can find me over at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. And uh, where, can, where can my listeners find your show if they want to, uh, you know, catch up on the, the renaissance of Sergei Borovsky? They, they can follow the show at L-O underscore F-L-A Panthers. Follow the show, show anywhere they listen to podcasts. And me personally at Mondoman12. That's where they can follow me. So if you like what you're hearing... Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets, your one-stop shop for all things betting. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.
Tom Armando Velez, with Jay Forster. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>